Sometimes in business, things get ugly. Like... Coming after me personally for a lot of money and trying to get me thrown in federal prison. What? See, I should really be careful here. (laughs) Eric Spomer is the CEO of Energy Source, a renewable energy company with a geothermal power plant near the Salton Sea. It's arguably the front runner out of the three companies hoping to extract lithium from super hot brine found just under the Earth's crust in this part of Southern California. Last episode was all about the hopes and dreams for a new industry that combines lithium extraction with clean geothermal energy. But just like that bubbling hot brine hidden below the desert floor, there are long simmering rivalries out here just waiting to burst to the surface. Eric tells us, There's been a lot of kind of ugly history related to all this. With so much positivity and hope about Salton Sea lithium all over the region, there's still an ongoing battle over who will control some of the key technology for getting that lithium. That battle goes back to the late 2000s. Back then, Eric and Energy Source had partnered with another company on a lithium project, and the whole thing went bust. There was some litigation. A long court battle, a court-appointed receiver. The company changed hands. And when that happened, they came after us and said we stole things. Stole things like trade secrets and assets. It got bad. Um, I actually got pulled off an international flight by Homeland Security because I'd become a, some kind of threat. Yes, pulled off a flight by the Department of Homeland Security, and apparently there were threats that he would end up in federal prison. Thrown in federal prison? For what? Stealing nuclear lithium secrets and selling them to the Mexicans. Stealing nuclear lithium secrets and selling them to the Mexicans. Which is a thing I didn't even know there was such a thing as nuclear lithium secrets. (laughs) We couldn't find a record of the incident, and this seems to have been basically a hardball tactic that ended up as mostly a good story, despite the inconvenience and embarrassment. But no one really denies that things got more than a little heated out in the desert back then. As for the nuclear thing... We found out later that they do use a certain isotope of lithium in... um, nuclear reactors in the water, I guess. Who knew? That's about all I know about it. But we wanted to make lithium for batteries. The battle went on for years, and it left scars, low-key grudges for sure. But it also planted the seeds of an intellectual property battle, a treasure trove of patents that, according to their owners, cover a key part of the process of getting lithium out of the Salton Sea brine. And whoever can get around them or cut a deal will leap even farther ahead in the rush for that white gold. We're in a world where people are seeing dollar signs with, you know, 12 zeros behind it. And it doesn't always bring out the best in people. A lot below the surface, right? I'm Molly Wood. You're listening to How We Survive, about how finding solutions to the climate crisis is a messy business. This is episode six, Gnarly Brine. Last episode, we told you about the companies who see a vision of a sustainable future for lithium production on the banks of the Salton Sea, and the people in this region, the Imperial Valley, who are really hopeful about that vision. So today, we're going to continue our road trip through the California desert to investigate how close these dreams are to reality. 
We'll visit that front-runner, energy source, and their unlikely invention for lithium extraction, a magic box they hope will transform the industry. We'll look at a spectacular failure from the past, a ghost that's haunting all of Lithium Valley to this day in the form of this war chest of patents. And there's more than a little bit of business drama. It's like a, it's, it's like a telenovela. <laughs> Alex Grant is a technology advisor in the lithium industry. He's watching all of this play out closely, given how high the stakes are for the industry and the planet. Because remember, most batteries today require lithium. The energy transition requires batteries. And extracting lithium from geothermal brine is promising, has a lower carbon footprint than mining, and everyone wants it to succeed if they can just get past the ghosts. All right, let's start with the story of the ghost. I'm going to tell you about what happened to a company called Symbol. If you ask people around here, you get versions of the same answer. They appeared to be very close to achieving their ultimate goal. Kind of ran out of steam, ran out of money. It's a sad story. And then it fell apart. It all went down the gurgler. It was just the nature of people wanting to squeeze too much out of a deal. Symbol was a Silicon Valley startup with big dreams of being the first to pull lithium out of the Salton Sea brine. Remember, this area is rich with geothermal activity and brimming with super hot salty water that a few companies in this region are already using to create geothermal energy. They drill the brine out of the ground, turn its heat into steam to create power, and then Symbol planned to sift through the high amount of minerals and metals in this gnarly, boiling, corrosive guck and extract lithium. But before Symbol could do any of that, they needed access to the brine. Symbol didn't have a geothermal power plant. But remember Eric Spomer and the company we mentioned at the beginning, Energy Source? Well, they were in the process of building just such a power plant. So in 2010, Symbol entered into an agreement with Energy Source. Here's Eric Spomer. We were approached by the Symbol Group, which were some geniuses from uh, Lawrence Livermore Labs and other areas, uh, and one business guy. The proposal was basically this. Energy Source would drill the wells, do its thing with the super hot brine, make renewable energy, and Symbol would set up shop in the backyard of this new geothermal plant, take samples of the brine, and figure out how to pull the lithium out. Eric and Energy Source were intrigued because they had always hoped to extract minerals from the brine as kind of a parallel business, make the whole thing more profitable. You know, way before lithium was hot, it was kind of our fantasy that, you know, you had an integrated system of geothermal power and battery facilities and lithium being produced from our brine. So around 2012, Symbol set up in the shadow of Energy Source's plant out on the tarmac under a big shade structure and got to work developing a process, a new technology for extracting minerals, including lithium. There were high hopes, a ribbon cutting and press conferences. We're here to launch our first commercial plant for simple materials. Our whole uh, future in, in alternative energy. The electric vehicle revolution. Is tied up with uh, the production of these kinds of metals. You find lithium and you make the batteries and you basically control the energy that's going to be needed for powering the world. So this is national, even international importance. How exciting is that? Now, to be clear, this was never going to be easy. I call geothermal Brian demon sprites. That's Alex Grant, the industry advisor. Ge geothermal brine projects are not for the faint of heart. 
um, you know, really, really do necessitate deploying, you know, the smartest people in the world on, on making it happen. And these were really smart people. And for a while, it was going great. Elon Musk was reportedly interested in buying Symbol for $325 million. But then it all fell apart. The deal and maybe the lithium extraction process itself. According to local news reports, Symbol's board wanted upwards of a billion and a half dollars, maybe more, so way more than Tesla might have been offering. But the people who were there tell us there was a little more to it than that. Here's Eric Spomer. There was a key step in the process that that Symbol was trying not to do because it was expensive. And um, their demonstration plant, for that reason, never really operated continuously very well. That key step, according to Eric and a former Symbol employee, is to pre-treat the brine. Clean it up, basically, so that other minerals and metals in the brine don't foul up the works. Things like manganese and zinc. Another obstacle that Energy Source helped them work out? Dealing with silica. Silica gets in the way. You've got to get rid of it first. Bill Borsier is a geochemist, one of the geniuses from Lawrence Livermore Labs, who helped co-found Symbol and ran research and development in its very early days. He says silica is one of the many minerals found in the Salton Sea brine, and it can really mess up your process. It is a very reactive, problematic substance. It's in all geothermal fluids, and it tends to foul and scale and cause problems downstream. Symbol was originally founded to go after silica, which is used in manufacturing brick and glass. But the company's investors convinced them to pivot to lithium. Fine. But then the company was trying to skip past the silica to get straight to the lithium. It sort of was, in my opinion, the wrong direction to go for how to solve that problem. Bill says Eric Spomer's company tried to help. Energy Source mostly showed us uh, how to pre-treat the fluid, to get the silica down, to get the other elements out of the way, to adjust the pH to the right level where nothing would scale out. And that was kind of tried and true technology from the geothermal industry. But even though the tech never ended up working on a commercial scale, says Eric from Energy Source, Symbol still patented it. One of their principles was just patented everything you could think of. So now Symbol had patents, but no lithium and no buyer. Tesla walked away from the potential deal and nobody else was on deck. Symbol's creditors came for their money, but Symbol couldn't pay. The company was placed under receivership by a judge. Its assets were sold, including the patents, and Tesla moved on. But the story was just the beginning of a long court battle to come and a patent fight that haunts Lithium Valley to this day. So let's try to follow the patents for a bit here. Back in 2015, Symbol is out of money. Its assets are in receivership and put up for auction. And a brand new company called Alger Alternative Energy comes in and buys up those assets for like a million bucks, including the patents. Alger's CEO was a guy named Tracy Sizemore, who had been vice president of business development at Symbol. He's clearly figuring there's something here, I'll scoop this up, start it all up again, right? But remember, Symbol had been operating out of a shaded tarmac on Energy Source's property, where Eric Spomer is CEO. And its old stuff was still there. Computers, equipment, chemicals. And Energy Source was saying that it had been abandoned, left there for more than 180 days. They said, according to the terms of Symbol's lease, the equipment now belonged to Energy Source. But Tracy and his new company, Alger, wanted it. Bad. 
you know, when you uh, go through a company where you buy an asset from bankruptcy, you wish it would be easier, but it never is. And, and you know, businesses, businesses fight for themselves. And so, you know, that was a challenge. It was difficult and, uh, and painful, I would say, at times. We sifted through hundreds of court documents on this. They are surprisingly pointed. Alger claimed Energy Source was stealing property and highly sensitive trade secrets like data and patented material that Alger claimed in court filings were, quote, literally worth tens of millions of dollars, if not more. The filing actually said that Energy Source, quote, surgically selected and stole primarily those assets that contain research and development materials. For its part, Energy Source denied stealing anything and asked Alger to retract those allegations. The fight went on and on. Energy Source's CEO, Eric, was named personally. Tracy Sizemore was banned from the Energy Source property. Tracy doesn't deny that things got ugly. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, different people uh, approach it differently. I, I'm, it's, it's just not to quote the Godfather, but it's just business. All that business, according to Eric from Energy Source, is what led to him facing these accusations of selling nuclear secrets to Mexico. There's just a nod to that in the court documents. Alger accuses Eric and Energy Source of selling technology and trade secrets to entities outside the United States. So we asked Tracy about it. When you get into a fight, right, you're going to fight. And uh, the lawsuits, uh, uh, you know, get, get challenging. And, you know, I think sometimes attorneys push uh, as hard as they can to try to back up to a fallback. Is there such a thing as lithium-related nuclear secrets? Uh, that's a new one to me. I'm trying to understand what that possibly <laughs> Uh, so no. The lawsuits ended in a bit of a stalemate. Energy Source won the nastiest one, where $100 million were on the line. The other case went to the Court of Appeals. Energy Source kept much of Symbol's old equipment. Alger kept the patents for a while. But according to news reports, around 2017, Alger and Tracy Sizemore teamed up with Controlled Thermal Resources. You know, Rod Colwell's company with the big dreams of popping up a gigantic geothermal plant with a full-on lithium-producing machine and maybe a battery-building plant and rehabbing the Salton Sea and bringing in the kangaroos. That company. Tracy became global director of battery materials, but Alger disappeared, and sometime in there, that company sold the patents again. So now Rod has Tracy, but not the patents, and that could end up a problem for him down the road. We'll get back to the patents a little later, but after the break, we're going back to Eric and Energy Source. Because after this big battle finally ended, they're sitting there in the desert with a big new geothermal power plant. They still want to extract lithium, but without Symbol to do it, Eric was gonna have to figure out the minefield of the patents and the dang brine itself. After Symbol went bust, Eric's company set out to try to solve some of the tech problems that had plagued it so much. And what they figured out might be a game changer for extracting lithium from brine all over the world. We had a rule, thou shalt not invent anything, because it's hard to finance things that you invent. That was the goal, anyway. But the company soon realized that even aside from the tech that Symbol had patented, this pre-treatment part of the process, Energy Source was still missing a whole other piece of the puzzle. The key piece of technology 
that we found didn't really exist was that the middle step where you take a chloride rich stream of fluid with lot with tons of salt and tons of calcium and tons of potassium in it and extract just the lithium and reject all that other stuff and do it efficiently and there are technologies out there that do all that but none of them worked economically for us so you did invent something is what you're saying we ended up inventing something (laughs) you broke your rule yeah the thing they invented to take the lithium and just the lithium out of the brine is called the ILLiad, which stands for Integrated Lithium Adsorption Desorption. <laughs> yeah, no, it really stands for that. But it ended up being a great name if you love metaphors, which I do. The other Iliad, that epic poem by Homer, is all about the final year of the Trojan War. And not to draw too strong a parallel, but Energy Source's Iliad is kind of in the homestretch of its own war. The War to Tame the Gnarly Brine. Now listen, I want to pause and highlight something here. To successfully invent something that can take lithium out of the Salton Sea's geothermal brine is a very big deal. That's because the brine is really hard to work with. It's 600 degrees, full of dissolved solids and highly corrosive. People respect the brine. I love how the brine is like its own kind of magical character. It's like the Merlin. Like the <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is, it's in charge. I mean, it is the, it is dictating how this goes. People are attracted and have been for generations to the Salton Sea because it is the largest hydrothermal resource proven in the world. And it's hot and it, there's lots of it and it seems never to deplete. And it's attractive for that reason. And then they come down here and find out that it's very, very hard. It eats metal. Yep. It feels like a it feels like a metaphor, though. It also eats people, like everyone. You know, it eats dreams. <laughs> well, I will tell you that. Um, and I told our attorney we were pursuing this thing in the Salton Sea, and he said, "Don't, please. You guys have an amazing business. You're doing all these cool things. Don't go to the Salton Sea." I said, "Why?" He said, because it'll, it'll destroy you. It'll break your heart. It, it does it to everybody. Out on the tarmac under a canopy, the same place actually where Symbols set up all those years ago, Eric and COO Derek Benson take me to see the Iliad. Is, it, is Iliad the hardware? It's a combination of the hardware and the adsorbent. So this is Greek it. Odyssey right here. Yes. I had to promise Eric and Derek that I wouldn't take photographs or describe the Iliad in too much detail. But in broad terms, it looks like a lucite box that's maybe about seven feet tall with a bunch of tubes in it with various hoses going in and out of it. We were out on an open-air tarmac where all that old symbol equipment got fought over, standing in front of a gigantic fan trying to stay a little bit cool in the 110-degree heat, admiring the magic box. It's in the pilot phase, but it works. It shakes lithium out of the gnarly salt and sea brine. And its inventors are confident it'll scale up. This machine is one reason Energy Source is considered the quiet front runner in the race to conquer the brine, or demon sprite, if you will. Plus, Iliad is a brand new revenue source. The company has already licensed it to other companies that want to extract lithium from brine in South America. So it's all super cool and exciting, although I will admit that right now, the operation looks a little Home Depot. Is there, this might be a dumb question and I'm okay with that. Is there a product that we can see? Like, 
are you extracting lithium and putting it in a bucket and we can look in that bucket? <laughs> Literally, we are extracting lithium and putting it in a bucket. <laughs> it was not a dumb question. There's a bucket. <laughs> Always ask. Oh my God, there's an actual bucket. And the lithium chloride is a liquid, looks like. A little Windexy looking. It's uh, it looks like water. So yeah. to to you and me, it, it will look like water. Yeah. It's um, it's it's uh, largely a water with uh, lithium chloride and a little bit of um, like calcium in our case with this particular brine. That's it. That's the white gold. You yes. just got a pile of it right there. As we're admiring the invention, sweating in the heat, surrounded by the surreal Salton Sea Playa, a man rides by on a three-wheel trike with a big bag of trash. He's wearing overall jeans. He looks like he's in his 60s. He has a full white beard that reminds you a little bit of Santa Claus. I briefly considered the possibility that he might be a heat-induced hallucination. He flashed our group a big smile, waved, dropped the bag in the dumpster, and rode off. The visual, though, I really want you to leave with that visual that one of the smartest people you'll ever meet just rode by you on a trike. The guy! The Iliad inventor. Oh my God, he's just riding by on his bicycle. I love today. He was taking the trash out. Of course he was. Why wouldn't he be? That man is Dr. Charles Marston, inventor of the Iliad. We finally landed an indoor interview with him a few weeks later. I feel like, I think last time we saw you here, you were riding by us on a tricycle. I was. <laughs> is that just a normal? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, it's not a tricycle, you know, it's a, it's Sorry. an industrial three-wheeled bicycle. Definitely my mistake. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Charles Marston, or Chuck, built the Iliad based on technology developed years ago by Dow Chemical. Chuck actually worked at Dow Chemical back then. He's an expert in minerals recovery, specifically from solutions like hot, salty water. What have you worked on when you say mining? Was it gold extraction or silver or all of that? Yes, yes, yes. Gold, you know, gold, silver, zinc, um, nickel, cobalt, uh, uranium. uh, Wow. All that plutonium. Really? So, yeah. Where was that? Tell me everything. I know we're here to talk about this other thing, but... Okay, focus up, Molly. Don't get distracted by nuclear-sounding stuff. Now, Chuck is retooling the technology so it'll work on the Salton Sea's super-hot corrosive brine. It's a compact, elegant package of engineering and chemistry. And so um, that's how it all comes together. So it is a magic box. It is a magic box. I've done a lot of things in my career, and I think this is um, my... Opus magnum, <laughs> you know what I mean, the, the greatest work. Chuck says the magic box is a total game changer. The Iliad system will take the dirtiest, nastiest brine you put in it and give you back the cleanest, nicest lithium chloride that's possible. The best part is that this process is sustainable. It doesn't poison the environment. There's minimal impact on local communities. And it's not just Chuck who says so. I've kind of felt like almost like an industry shill. This is Alex Grant again. He's a lithium industry advisor, but he also studies the true carbon cost of lithium-ion batteries. This is by far the most desirable way to make lithium chemicals that anyone has ever imagined on planet Earth. It's expensive, and it's clearly complicated. 
But Chuck believes that the Iliad and the market for lithium that's pushing everyone to innovate faster will make the tech widespread quickly and bring the price down and let brine extraction really become viable all over the world, like South America and anywhere else it's found. Back in the boardroom with Eric Spomer. I mean, it, this sounds, I know nothing is all good. This sounds all good. Like it's, it sounds like you're incentivizing more geothermal energy development, and then you will get this resource out of it that will help everybody electrify. Is there, is there a not good? No. Well, not quite. does take some water to make geothermal energy and extract lithium. Water that comes from the very stressed Colorado River, which has demands on it ranging from agriculture to utility companies and is being impacted by California's ongoing mega drought. There's still the part where even when the lithium comes out, it has to get shipped halfway across the world to be turned into a battery using what's most likely coal-powered energy and then get shipped all the way back. And then, of course, there's this matter of a roadblock that's potentially as big a deal as the moving geyser from the last episode. Those patents. Enter Terralithium. Terralithium is the company that now owns Symbol's old patents. Quick reminder, those patents cover processes that are different from the Iliad technology. They cover the steps before the brine even gets to the Iliad. So here's the deal with these folks. Terra Lithium is substantially owned by a subsidiary of Occidental Petroleum. Yes, petroleum. They hired the old chief technology officer from Symbol. One of Terra Lithium's three board members is a guy named Clay Walker, a country music singer. Because why not? And the chairman of Terra Lithium is Marvin Odom, a former Shell Oil executive. It was the, the first and only interview I had out of college and uh, decided why not a good place to start. So then, you know, a full career later, retired as the president of Shell Oil Company. Odom says, yep, they've got the patents. We own all of the, the simple patents. And the patents are real valuable. An important but short story there is um, that's a that's a very advantageous place to be. It's advantageous if you want to be in the lithium extraction game in the Salton Sea, which Marvin says is the plan for Terra Lithium. And also because, according to him, everyone needs to do the stuff the patents cover. Remember that pre-treatment step where you have to remove impurities like silica from the brine before you can start taking out the minerals and the metals. Otherwise, the demon sprite, the brine, will just eat through equipment and foil every attempt to extract lithium efficiently, which would just make it way too expensive. Last year, Energy Source challenged several of Terra Lithium's patents, trying to get them invalidated. Energy Source argues the processes symbol patented have been around for decades and are widely used. Nevertheless, earlier this spring, the patent trial and appeal board ruled against Energy Source. So the patents stand. And Marvin is saying, look, the patents are the foundation of extracting lithium from the Salton Sea. And any company that wants to do that is going to have to license this technology at whatever price Terra Lithium thinks is appropriate. Without getting into too much detail, you know, most, all competitors out there will have to deal with these patents and, and have respect for them and address them if they haven't already in terms of how, how they move forward. 
Now, Energy Source and Eric have been trying to come to a licensing deal with TerraLithium since they lost their patent lawsuit. But we asked all the other players in Lithium Valley about the patents, and at least on the surface, everyone is kind of saying they aren't a problem. Here's Rod Colwell from Controlled Thermal Resources. Very aware of the patents, but we don't see any issues with it. Here's Jonathan Weisgall, the VP of Government Relations at Berkshire Hathaway Energy. We are comfortable that we are not going to be infringing any existing patents because we're not using the technology that is the subject of that litigation that you're talking about. So I took all that back to Marvin Odom, the CEO of Terra Lithium, owner of the patents. You mentioned all competitors. We've certainly talked to people who say, oh, the patents are not a, not a thing for us. But it sounds like you're saying... Oh, they will be. Well, I think everybody, yes. I think everybody is going to have to address this in a more explicit way. So if we talk to somebody who is saying, oh, no, this is not a problem, it's not that they don't know any better. They're just sort of hoping for the best. <laughs> that would be my assessment. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to put myself in a position of speaking for anybody else, but this is this is not a secret, of course, that these exist. And, and I know anybody working out in that area is, is very aware of it. Interesting. Meanwhile, Marvin Odom told me Terra Lithium isn't only a patent company. He says the company fully intends to start building its own lithium brine extraction facilities, a demonstration plant at first, he says, although he won't say when. And when I asked if Terra Lithium plans to build a geothermal power plant, he only said that those are really important. So for the moment, at least, it seems the patents are the business. I think it's really sad that these, you know, grown men type people aren't able to, you know, get around a table and figure this out. Instead, just like filing litigation against each other and, you know, publishing passive aggressive announcements to the market. Um, I, I find that sad. There's our industry advisor, Alex Grant, who says no matter what the companies are saying publicly, this patent fight could seriously slow down lithium from brine extraction in the Salton Sea. I really wish and hope that they that it will get figured out, whether that's the patent being in, invalidated or um, or or some kind of you know royalty scheme that's reasonable being agreed to. Um, I, I really sincerely hope it does get figured out because we need those lithium chemicals. Um, there's there's a ton of lithium in the Salton Sea, and, um, and a patent dispute is is the silliest reason I can think of for for the Salton Sea geothermal resource not being developed. So are the patents a deal breaker? And is the whole idea of a super sustainable miracle in the desert, renewable energy pumping out tons of lithium every year, actually a desert mirage? This battle is still being fought. But let's not let the perfect or the patents be the enemy of trying everything, right? Because right now we keep on burning fossil fuels and the earth keeps getting hotter and the whole transition to electric cars and a power grid based on batteries could be stopped dead in its tracks by a massive shortage of lithium while everyone is arguing. Shades of Seven Eves and bleak sci-fi, right? But on that note, in our next episode, we're going to imagine what it looks like to get from here to there, from the fighting to the fixing in the form of more hopeful science fiction. I am pretty surprised, even maybe stunned, at how much faster things are happening than I ever wrote in my books. Next week, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi authors on imagining solutions, dispensing with false prophets, and doing the boring hard work of making real change. That's next time on How We Survive. 
And if you have any questions about any of this, the gnarly brine, the magic box, the lithium-related nuclear secrets, the country music, send it all our way. Survive at Marketplace.org. How We Survive was created and hosted by me, Molly Wood. Caitlin Esch produced this episode with help from Grace Rubin and Marque Green. Caitlin and I wrote it. Editing by Haley Hirschman with help from Catherine Winter and Peter Thompson. Scoring and sound design by Chris Doolin. Mixing by Brian Allison. Sitara Nieves is our executive producer. Donna Tam is our interim executive director of On Demand. Our theme music is by Wonderly. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't and tell a friend.